the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Play ball. As I've said here many times, uh, what's happening with sports is important because uh, what's happening with sports is a good way to measure how far away we are from returning to some kind of sanity around here. And if you've seen what Major League Baseball has planned, you know we're a long way away. I wrote about it in my column at TribLive.com. You can find it there. But here's a little of what's planned. Uh, Players will be wearing masks when not on the field. So sitting in the dugout wearing masks. Are you ready for that? Um, I guess in the I don't know the bullpen you got to wear a mask until unless you're on the mound out there pitching I don't know new baseball anytime a ball is put in play so get rid of those baseballs where are they going to go they're going to be decontaminated they're going to be burned what do they do with a baseball that the shortstop might have picked up and thrown to first base can't have that uh, no fist bumps or high fives that's out no spitting and that includes um, uh, Sunflower seeds, no spitting. And there's one, wash hands after every half inning. Picture that. Guy comes running off the field, and he has to go somewhere. I don't know, the men's room? Do they have a, do they have a sink set up in the, uh, with hot water? Because you have to have hot water in the dugout. You can't just use the water fountain. You've got to have hot water. Uh, I guess they can't use hand sanitizer. You've got to wash your hands after every half inning. And when the ball's out of play or in between pitches, fielders are encouraged to retreat several steps away from the base runner. So um, you have a uh, a guy on first base, and a foul ball goes up first base side, and you know bounces up into right field. And the first baseman may start over that way to think he's going to field it, but he sees it's foul. He's going to run away from the runner on first base. Make sure he's not too close to him. Who wants to watch that? And who wants to be involved in playing it? I can't imagine a baseball player wanting to put up with that for two seconds. If this is what they're planning, how far away from normal are we? I mean, how long before fans are allowed at the games? And will the fans be required to wash their hands after every half inning? And what happens when a foul ball comes into the stands? Will whoever catches it have to wash his hands? It's ridiculous. You know what the percentage of humans aged 18 to 44 going to the hospital with the Wuhan virus is 0.01%. So are the baseball players in any kind of danger of, of dying or even going to the hospital? No. It would be nice if one of the sports leagues would take the lead and look at the stats, you know, kind of like looking at a box score um, and see that their players aren't in danger and just start playing again and let the fans decide if they want to show up to see it. Speaking of showing up, a gym opened up in uh, New Jersey today against the rules. Uh, he had made the announcement that he was going to open up in defiance of the governor. They're not supposed to be allowed to open. And lots of people showed up, including the cops. And what the cops said to the crowd is a sign that we eh, just might be getting a little closer to normal. Listen to this. Quiet. 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 Quiet.
Hey, be respectful, be quiet. We have to file a five year return violation of an executive order. What does that mean? We are and were only here for everybody's safety today. We plan for the worst, hope for the best, and it seems like that's what we have out here today. Yeah. Formally, you are all in violation of the executive order. On that note, on that note, have a good day. Everybody be safe. Yep, and the fans loved it. And uh, you're all violating an executive order. And on that note, have a nice day. Meanwhile, the lockdown insanity that we've been putting up with here for, what, two months may have begun with a school, school paper from a 14-year-old high school kid back in 2006. We'll explain that when we come back. Stick around. about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stoggerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784 884 1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Eric Metaxas here. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family, and one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. But what's there to watch? Well, I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary that explores convincing evidence that the biblical account of the Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for answers to one very important question. Did the stories like Exodus, as written in the Bible, really happen? 
and the results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus at Home. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. And immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager and Graham Lotz and me, yours truly, will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in the series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Well, we're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stoggerwald with some great news from Windows or Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. For a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, how do you like the lockdown so far? Are you impressed with the plan that was put in place, and do you feel safe? Whose idea was it, Dr. Fauci? Not really. Uh, Apparently, this plan's been around for a long time. Jeffrey Tucker is the editorial director for the American Institute for Economic Research. He has a history lesson for us. Jeffrey, thanks for being here. Can I thank you for the advertisements you just ran? God bless private enterprise. Right? They're, they're <laughs> yeah. taking a lockdown situation and making the best of it. So, you know, yep, yep. I think it's wonderful. Yep, everybody's trying. Hey, listen, I was I was surprised to read in your piece that the term social distancing uh, has been around for a while. Yeah, the whole thing was invented in 2006 uh, as a result of a high school, uh, a 14-year-old high school experiment, a uh, science fair project. And, and she and her father... And his name was uh, 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 Glass, Robert Glass, and she was Sarah Glass. Um, cobbled together this paper. They had no training in medicine or epidemiology or, or anything else. And they came up with an idea to stop the spread of the virus. And that, that was her paper, and that became Law of the Land. So if you don't like being under lockdown, you can blame these two people. Wow. So... Um... <laughs> This is a high school kid. Now, I, I has only asked you about the term social distancing there, but you're, you're not only saying that the term social distancing came from this 14-year-old kid uh, and this project that she worked on with her dad in high school, but yeah. the whole idea of what to do here, where the, what the things that we're doing in this lockdown, most of it came from her report, her, her study? Well, it, came from, it, came from, it came from him, and he didn't know anything about viruses. That's the important thing to remember here. Mm-hmm. He and never understood anything about viruses. Like in the old days, people understood viruses. He didn't know anything about viruses. So he and his daughter cobbled together this this paper, and and uh, uh, it was attacked in 2006 by every single serious competent expert in the country. And uh, unfortunately, they prevailed on the Bush administration. It became more or less kind of sort of CCD policy in 2007. Yeah. So. 
this these people, this guy and his daughter, they they produce this uh, report, this paper, this concept, and uh, everybody laughs at it. All the all the smart people, the people who should know, the the doctors and people like that, they they laugh at it. How does it get from them to President George W. Bush, and then get to where we are today? Well, this is a very complicated uh, subject, but. Um Bush was 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 apocalyptic and paranoid as a result of nine eleven, and mm-hmm. let me let me put it to you this way: the, the question is, why did the model builders prevail over the doctors? And the reason is that they had a more compelling story in two thousand six. They they presented PowerPoint presentations. They they ha- they advertised certainty. The real scientists had a bunch of unknowns. The Bush administration went with the modelers over the doctors. The CCD adopted a version of, of that social distancing strategy in 2007. You can read it on the website. I've linked it in my article um, to read it. It's much more moderate than lockdown. And I must tell you that I, I talked to one of the architects of that, well, I've talked to many people, but one of the architects of that 2007 plan, they're horrified by the lockdowns right now. They're like mortified. And they said that we never intended this. They wanted school kids to stand apart from each other, to be apart from bus, on buses, to, you know, for people to stop the transmission. They never intended to destroy the American way of life. So, and I'm talking to you now two hours after having got off, got off the, uh, a conversation with one of the architects of the plan itself. He called me in panic over my article. So I'm just telling you what's true. Wow. And and one of your colleagues at AIER, according to your piece, looked at just about everything that government has been doing the last two months. Uh, did he find that they're all bad ideas? Well, um, everything that's happened the last two months, nobody actually intended to happen. It was a consequence of, of, of political panic and, mm-hmm. and, and mass confusion. So basically they threw out the Bill of Rights, human rights, freedom, freedom, uh, 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 the Constitution throughout everything based on a massive science, science experiment c- concocted by a, a, a high school student, and, and now you're paying the price. So it's terrifying. And I can tell you this. Based on my conversations and the number of phone calls I've gotten, uh, the architects of, of this lockdown policy are terrified. They know they've unleashed hell and there was no going back. Like, what they've done to this country and what they've done to human lives is unforgivable and thoroughly evil, and they know this. Nobody wants to take responsibility for it. Nobody. I can promise so, you, in a year from now, nobody will own up to having done anything, because it's so terrifying and so terrible. No, so you, you refer to the architects. Who... Who are, we, who are you talking about when you say the architects of this? We're not talking just about the girl and her dad. We're talking about other people who came up with a plan. Well, nobody – so here's what's complicated about this. Nobody will own what's happened. Like, mm-hmm. I've talked to I don't know how many people now. By the way, I'm not an investigative reporter. I'm an economist, right? Uh-huh. So I don't – I just write articles. They call me, and every one of them is trying to claim it's not their fault, Right. They all had a more moderate view, and, um, and, and so nobody would take responsibility for what's happened to our country. But they unleashed hell with this theory 
that we all have to stand six feet apart and walk around with a mask, shut down our businesses, not go to sports events, not gather in groups, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they understand now that what they, none of these people are economists or even they're not very smart people, actually. They concocted this insane theory and implemented it on the country, and now nobody will take responsibility for it. The, um, here's my theory. The reason I'm getting all these phone calls is because they want, because I accidentally wrote a couple of extremely viral articles on the topic, they want me to know that it's not their responsibility. <laughs> well, you know uh, what I mean? And, yeah, and, and so as this thing is unfolding here that we're dealing with right now in the last two months, there have been some people who are not very well known, because I don't know of anybody else who's brought these people up other than you did in this piece, um, right. And I guess it's from, uh, some of the New York Times might have been talking about it, but but I mean it's not getting widespread attention. But there right. are a group. There's a group of people who were around in 2006, 2007, who are right. absolutely horrified at what they've done. Like, oh my God, what did we do? What have we done to the world? Yes, but wow. it's, it's even worse than that. All those people regathered in March of this year and started screaming at each other. If you, if you want to see the email chain, you can look it up. It's actually, a lot of it is public. Not all of it is public, but a lot of it is public. It's called the Red Dawn email chain. So, um, and a lot of it is redacted in the New York Times version of this, but um, I have my own... Well, I'll stop there. But um, you can look it up and see that they were all screaming at each other. Nobody wanted to take responsibility for this. There are a couple of fanatics out there who advocated lockdowns, and you can see you can see it in the email chain. But but now even they are scared to own this. Um, one of the architects of the lockdown, uh, what happened is horrifying, and he never intended to create a dystopia. Those were his words. And we're talking to Jeffrey Tucker. He's the editorial director for the American Institute for Economic Research. So I suggest you check out his piece at AIER.org, um, and uh, because it's it's actually it's it's too complicated to talk about here in 15 minutes on the radio. I'm trying to right. get the, the you know the key points out. Um, but uh, and uh, reading this, there was so much there, so much information there, but. Um, what about shutting down events with large crowds? Uh, did they come across in their study of any of that working at any time? Because you know, because we haven't seen a game. Well, here, of any here's what's interesting. So, so they advocated shutting down uh, events with large crowds, um, but there's no evidence that that does anything good for anybody. Like you can't abolish football in America uh, or South by, by Southwest and so on. They, but they all favored shutting down large events even though there's no evidence that that does any good for, for anybody. But they wanted to stop it. Most of these guys wanted to stop the that. They wanted to shut down, you know, large gatherings, but they didn't want to actually shut down all businesses and haircuts and dog groomers and so on. Like, we're all set, set, sitting around with long beards and long hair now and wondering, you know, what, mm-hmm. what happened to America. That wasn't their intention. They wanted to shut down large events. But the funny thing is that the serious doctors said there's no evidence that this does any good whatsoever. So they said that in 2006. They said that in March of 2020 also. So um, and there are many good guys in the struggle. It's, it's not all bad guys. There's a lot of very good guys who tried to stop this from happening, but they just didn't win. 
Here's the money quote from the conclusion. We're getting close to a lot of time here. I've got a couple minutes left. This quote yeah. was in the piece. Experience has shown that communities faced with epidemics or other adverse events respond best and with the least anxiety when the normal social functioning of the community is least disrupted. That doesn't describe what I've looked at for the last two months. I don't know about you. You didn't say who said that. That is D.A. Henderson, the man who eradicated smallpox. Yes, yeah, yeah. The guy who who, uh, came up with the plan to beat smallpox, that's his quote. That's right. Smallpox is a pretty good big problem at the time, if I if I recall, or if I remember my history. He died in 2016. He's he's not around today. He died in 2016. He's the greatest man of 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 the 20th century, and he knew more about viruses than any of these bastards who put into place these lockdowns. This is a great man, and his his memory is being trampled on right now. So, thank you for quoting his wonderful words. Yeah. And how much time I have left, Mike? About a minute and a half? I got about a minute left. So just for the bottom line, uh, Jeffrey, is that George W. Bush went against the advice of lots of experts to come up with what the what the, we are dealing with now because of this fiasco? That's basically that- it. And and I understand. I mean, like, he, he, he was dealing with a very difficult situation. He was very confused and a little bit crazy as a result of 9-11, which I get slightly. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to be a little bit compassionate. But he, he, he allowed himself to be bamboozled by a bunch of deeply ignorant modelers who basically are the kind of people who created the Pac-Man game. That's the same kind of people who put together the lockdown. The same people. Wow. They don't hey, I'm out of time. Behavior. They, don't, they don't care about human liberty. They don't care about anything. All they care about is their games. So Jeffrey Tucker, I, I, I'm out of time. I want everybody to check your piece out at AIER.org. And thanks for being on the radio with me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank All you. All right. We'll be Bye-bye. right back. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRostra. California is relaxing some of its reopening criteria that will help some counties that want to reopen faster than the state. Governor Gavin Newsom optimistic baseball could return by June. The World Health Organization bowed to calls from most of its member states to launch an independent evaluation of how it managed the international response to the coronavirus, which has been clouded by finger-pointing between the U.S. and China. Uber cutting another 3,000 jobs from its workforce, its second major wave of layoffs in two weeks. The San Francisco company has cut a quarter of its workforce since the year began, eliminating 3,700 people earlier this month. The stock market bounced back from its worst week in nearly two months Monday, Dow pushing past the 1,000 mark to settle the day 911 points higher at 24,597. NASDAQ added 220 points. This is SRN News. Oh, whale! Guys, whale! Wow, whale. Oh, that's a big whale. Um, okay. Whale, whale, whale. Oh, no! Whale! The tides can turn quick on the water. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Get a quote today in as little as three minutes at progressive.com. Well, at least it wasn't a shark, am I right? <laughs> <sighs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans and Rocket Mortgage. During these challenging times, 
our commitment to providing you with the best mortgage experience remains. We understand that hardships may arise, and we're prepared to help. Mortgage rates remain near historic lows. If you think that now is the right time to refinance your mortgage, our home loan experts are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at rocketmortgage.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. And MLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. We always hear that elections have consequences. When Democrats took over the House, it led to the impeachment of an elected president. This radio station wants every listener to focus on what's important. How do we save America from the forces that want to tear it apart? How do we make sure we save America for our kids and our grandkids? The hosts on this station need you to engage in the fight. We need you to register to vote. The elections have consequences. Make sure you are part of the solution. AM 1250, The Answer. Looking for a new job? Coast to Coast Career Fairs and The Answer are hosting a free virtual job fair Wednesday through Friday, May 20th through the 22nd from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Attend this virtual job fair from anywhere online. It's free for job seekers and open to the public. Connect virtually with dozens of good employers who are hiring in the Pittsburgh area. Virtual interviews available for a variety of positions. Wednesday, May 20th to Friday, May 22nd. Pre-register at c2cjobfairs.com. c2cjobfairs.com. Sponsored by The Answer Pittsburgh. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. In Oakmont, watch out for a vehicle fire. College Avenue at 4th Street. Monroeville, things moving just a little slowly outbound on William Penn Highway with construction between the Parkway East and Vincent Hall Road. Also construction on 885 in West Mifflin until 7 between Mifflin Road and Noble Drive. Northern Pike and Monroeville, that's under construction between Valerie Circle and Neighbors Creek Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Rather cloudy skies for tonight, quite breezy with a low 56. Tomorrow, considerable cloudiness, breezy still with a high 67. Tomorrow night, overcast, breezy in the evening with a low 49. Wednesday, breezy in the morning, otherwise cloudy with a high 63. And Thursday, cloudy with showers and a high 69. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I'm pretty sure it's uh, now politically incorrect to call the Wuhan virus the 
Wuhan virus, even though it originated in Wuhan. That's why I still call it the Wuhan virus. But there's something uh, coming out of Wuhan that over time could kill more Americans than the Wuhan virus. Chris Rufo has the story today in the New York Post, and he joins us now. Chris, thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. It's always great to be with you. So what else is Wuhan exporting that uh, kills Americans? Yeah, you know, Wuhan, China has obviously been in the news for the last two months as the origin of the coronavirus. But what most Americans don't know is that it's also the city that exports uh, more fentanyl into the United States than any other place in the world. And fentanyl is a dangerous synthetic opioid that killed 31,000 Americans in 2018, the most recent statistics, and over the course of time is set to kill hundreds of thousands of people And yet there's been really a media blackout on it. Nobody's talking about it. um, And it's really an invisible war uh, in addition to the virus. Why do you suppose the media are not talking about it? It seems like a pretty big story. And not just uh, not just because we've had the Wuhan virus, just because, you know, fentanyl has been around for a long time and been killing a lot of people. Why would the media not be interested in covering this story? You know, it's, it's a really good question, and it's a bit perplexing, but I think what it has to do is that uh, the coronavirus has really captured the attention of the American media because, um, you know, frankly, it hit, it hit the, the center of American media power. It hit uh, people in New York City. It hit uh, upper-income people. It hit, uh, you know, sometimes affluent people. And I think among the media class, they feel like they're, essentially invulnerable to the opioid epidemic, which has been seen as poor rural white a problem. And, um, and I think that because of that, uh, they just frankly don't care. Well, is the, uh, getting back to the, the fact that it's coming out of Wuhan, is the fentanyl, is it easily exported? It is. You know, fentanyl is a synthetic compound that is extremely small. So, um, you know, uh, you can uh, 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 an, an amount of fentanyl that covers Lincoln's beard on the penny can actually kill an average-sized adult male. So you can you can export it um, inside of the pages of a book. You can export it uh, inside uh, any kind of product with basic concealment techniques. Um, it's it's really microscopic, and and you know, therefore, it's very easy to get past. The, the, the kind of uh, security apparatus. And, you know, about 80% of the heroin and fentanyl uh, is coming from Mexico uh, using these Chinese chemical precursors. But 20%, and this is what's, I think, astonishing to people, is that it comes directly via USPS from China into the United States. Um, and up until a little while ago, these packages were actually subsidized by the United States Postal Service. So we were importing, you know, deadly fentanyl uh, and subsidizing the Chinese manufacturers and shipping. <laughs> so how, how's that happening? So it's coming through the mail and by UPS and FedEx. So how does somebody in Pittsburgh order a shipment of fentanyl? If I'm a drug so dealer, how do I? Uh, if you are a drug dealer in the United States, the easiest way to order fentanyl is directly from the factories in China uh, via the Internet and via the dark web. Um, you can actually enter chat rooms. Uh, you can uh, send emails. You can Skype with uh, chemical manufacturers in Wuhan, and they'll simply send you a package in the mail using a series of concealment techniques and and kind of hidden forwarding addresses. 
um, and then dropping it at a location of your choice. And at one point, there was so much traffic coming from Wuhan into the United States. The manufacturers there were guaranteeing uh, their shipment. And if, if your shipment of fentanyl was interdicted by the United States Customs and Border Patrol, they would actually send you a new package for free. They were offering those kind of guarantees to their customers. Wait, who, who the Chinese, the people in, in Wuhan were offering guarantees? They were, and the, the chemical manufacturers in Wuhan were telling American, you know, drug traffickers, manufacturers, and salespeople, uh, they were saying, we're going to send you illegal fentanyl in the mail. If for some reason it gets it gets uh, snagged by Customs and Border Patrol or the U.S. Postal Inspector, um, if you don't get your shipment because it's actually interdicted, we'll send you a free shipment. So they have a um, kind of a guarantee that no matter what happens, we're going to make sure that you get your product. Um, because their transportation system and distribution system was so reliable, um, and they were able to evade uh, really capture and interdiction by U.S. Uh, postal authorities. So uh, you, you mentioned that it's you know uh, the enough um, there's enough fentanyl covering Lincoln's beard on a penny to kill a person. Uh, what do I do when I get fentanyl? I order my fentanyl from the uh, the friendly people in Wuhan. And I get my fentanyl. What what do I then? What do I do with it? Well, what I you mean, can do small, is that um, small a, amount. A couple things. You know, you can get a, a basically a brick of fentanyl, and then you can divide it and sell it uh, in smaller quantities. You can turn a profit that way. But what a lot of people are doing is that they're they're using pill presses to create counterfeit, um, essentially counterfeit prescription opioids. Um, you know, this is the the, the kind of these, these fake pills, essentially. And that's another very Vicodin. popular way. Like your Vicodins and your other pills yeah. that you'd get uh, from the doctor for, for pain yeah. treatment. Mm-hmm, Oxycontin. Um, but a lot of those are, you know, what they're doing is they're pressing them into pill form. They're putting a little bit of fentanyl, um, and then they're selling them as Oxycontin or other drugs. The problem, though, is that there's no quality control. If some guy in his basement in Pittsburgh is pressing fentanyl into fake uh, Vicodin pills. Um, you don't know what you're getting, and that's where a lot of the overdoses happen, where you have someone that buys a, a, what he thinks is a Vicodin on the black market. He takes it. There's a little bit too much fentanyl. Again, these are very sensitive uh, amounts, so a little bit too much can kill you. And that's why you're seeing, frankly, 31,000 people a year dying from fentanyl on American streets uh, because it's highly dangerous, it's highly toxic, um, and it can put you under in a snap. Yeah, and and this is a different uh, subject along the same lines, but not a little bit uh, uh, off the subject from what you're talking about here with Wuhan. But um, how much? What's the chances that the government uh, coming down hard on doctors for prescribing legitimately prescribing painkillers has led to the increase in the use of fentanyl? Because um, people who people who maybe legitimately have been um, prevented from getting their their Vicodin for their pain, legitimate pain, are looking for something somewhere, and so they're going and buying it from a dealer somewhere, and what they're getting is not really Vicodin. It's uh, spiked with fentanyl that could kill them. Yeah, we've absolutely seen that, especially it, it's less so now, but certainly in the period uh, from 2010 to about 2016, that was a common path for people's addictions. They would get over-prescribed drugs at, uh, you know, at the doctor legitimately. 
Um, and then as doctors were tapering those prescriptions off or reducing them, um, you know, people would seek that fix in the black market on the streets. It's happening less now because doctors have gotten a lot smarter on the dangers of even legal opioids. Um, but it's, it's certainly a path. And the problem, though, is now the problem is that you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are, are addicted to these drugs, and it's very hard to get people off of them. So we're stuck in this pattern, which is almost like a, like a reverse opium war, where the Chinese authorities, they know, that they're, they know that these companies are exporting fentanyl, but according to some experts, the Chinese government is actually subsidizing these companies and encouraging them uh, to maintain this drug trade because, frankly, it weakens the United States. They turn a profit. Our people suffer at the huge cost. And in the kind of greater geopolitical war, the Chinese are using this addictive drug as a weapon uh, against American citizens. Yeah, and when you think about it, uh, it's a weapon that's more deadly than the attack at uh, 9-11. Um, it's, it's killing people in a different way, but it's killing more people, and it's, and it's not going to make it on television because it's not a spectacular scene, uh, and it's not as horrifying because it happens to individual people at different times. But if this were a weapon uh, that we knew was being used by, I don't know, another country other than China, we might be dropping a missile or two on them, you know, to, uh, to blow up their factories where they're making the stuff. That's what, that's what you would think would need to be done, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And, and there's, you know, the, the, the president over the last few years has actually, actually talked tough and tackled this issue. He's, uh, you know, issued kind of stern warnings to China that the Americans are going to retaliate unless they reduce fentanyl uh, production and distribution. But, um, it's a very kind of nimble supply chain. So um, these companies uh, in Wuhan and other cities, they pop up, they shut down, they open up somewhere else. Um, and, you know, the, the problem is that we, with, you know, broader on our trade with China, it's been shown that we have very little leverage. And I think that we're starting to see, in a way, thankfully, from the coronavirus, a lot of policymakers starting to reexamine the relationship between China and the United States and we're realizing that, you know, they have uh, they have really acquired huge portions of our supply chain. Um, they have, you know, dominated medical and pharmaceutical manufacturing. Uh, it puts us at risk both for the things that we don't produce in the United States anymore, but it also puts us at risk because they're exporting uh, dangerous and, and, in the case of fentanyl, fatal drugs that are killing 30,000 Americans a year. That's 10 times greater than 9-11 every year. Uh, and yet... I think there's a kind of problem that the mainstream media um, hasn't addressed it. They've ignored it, um, and I'm hoping that this gets some attention to the story. We're talking to Chris Rufo. He has a column about this up today at the New York Post to check it out. Um, and um, I, uh, how much do you think the government uh, in in China? Well, you mentioned it. They're are they actually facilitating it? Then I mean, they're they're happy with it. They don't they don't have a problem with the thirty thousand Americans dying. Apparently, you know they don't. I mean, China is a brutal regime. I spent a year working as a journalist in China, making a film about the Uyghur minority in Western China, and now some of the people that I met there, um, you know, totally innocent, um, kind of average citizens, are in concentration camps. You know, they've placed a million of their Muslim minority uh, Uyghurs into literal concentration camps in the western part of the country. Um, this is a brutal regime. They'll do anything to maintain power. And when they play international politics, they play it, 
you know, with the kind of intensity and brutality that they feel uh, is justified. And to them, exporting fentanyl is, is, is to their geopolitical interest. And I think it shows that you, you have to think of China um, not as a, a fair and equal trading partner and ally, uh, but you have to look at them as an adversary. And you have to, you know, you have to realize that you can't just ask them to play by the rules and ask them to play nice. Uh, because they're not going to do that. They'll violate every rule in the book. Um, they'll do whatever they think they need to do. And we have to come up with an alternative policy that really, um, you know, hits them where it hurts and lets them know uh, we're not asking, but we're actually going to change the rules of the game. And I think until we do that, they're going to keep pumping American streets full of fentanyl and more Americans will die. Sounds like an evil empire. Um uh, and, you know, that uh, country a few years ago was referred to as that by Ronald Reagan, and uh, people thought it was a bad thing for him to be saying such nasty things about the Soviets, but maybe it's time to start really ripping on the Chinese. Um, you know, one of the things, Chris, again, this is a little bit off the subject, but, um, you know, with all this talk about backlash against China and people not buying products from China, I was in a place, I won't say the kind of product that was being sold, but it was, uh, you know, this this guy has a, a business and he sells a lot of products made in China, big items, you know, sell for three or four hundred bucks, some more than that. And um, he had a, his, his, his uh, store was full of boxes. He had just gotten a big shipment and they all said made in China. And I thought, you know, it's pretty tough on this guy. If all of a sudden there's a backlash against buying things from China, this guy's already bought stuff from China. And think of all the people that have stockpiles of, of products that were made in China that they've already paid for. And if, if people decide to stop buying it, it's going to really hurt Americans too, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But, you, you know, and, and I don't think that we need to, you know, all of a sudden drop everything and everyone should stop buying Chinese products and a kind of mass boycott. And, and you know, that, that shop owner, I mean, the economics of the global trading system and our global agreements He's making the right decision. You have to buy products from China or you can't compete on price. But I mm -hmm. think there's a real alternative right now that I could, that I think would make a real difference. You know, we have to look at the countries that are surrounding China, uh, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, that are much friendlier to the United States. We could disperse our supply chain across different regions. They have very skilled labor at a low price, uh, as well as a country that I think should be a key ally, which is India. Uh, India has you know, developed its manufacturing capacity. They have a great uh, IT infrastructure. And the, the people of India are natural allies of freedom, allies of the United States. And we should be not just pulling the rug out, but we should be strategically moving our supply chain to different parts of the world and engaging our allies in the kind of economic, economic activity that will not only provide us great products, uh, but will actually protect our global interests. Hey, Chris Rufo, I'm out of time. Tell me uh, where, you, where we can find you, other than New York Post today. Yeah, the New York Post, but you can find me on Twitter at Real Chris Rufo. The last name is R-U-F-O. It's Real Chris Rufo on Twitter. Uh, you can find my latest stuff there. Okay. Chris, always good to have you on. You always have really interesting stuff to write and say. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks, John. See you next time. That's Chris Rufo. We'll be right back.
Well, we're all spending more time at home these days, but somehow the wind and the rain didn't get the memo about shelter in place. This is John Stoggerwald with some great news from Windows R Us Pittsburgh. They've been granted a waiver by the governor to handle any emergency repairs outside your home. If you've had damage to your roof, gutters, siding, or windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can still answer the call. And everything will be handled in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines to keep your family and their employees safe. You may be eligible for free repair or replacement with the area's premier exterior replacement company with over 50 years of home remodeling experience. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers for a no-pressure approach with no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, a company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Your potential customers are at home right now. Are you there with them? In these uncertain times, the investment you made in digital marketing is really paying off. Thanks to Salem Surround, you're on page one of the search engines. Your online reputation is five-star. Your digital presence is accurate, and you're everywhere. Oh, wait, you're not? You don't have an effective digital marketing strategy? It's not too late. Contact Salem Surround for help. We deliver prescriptive marketing solutions to communicate with your current and future customers that not only meet your needs, but exceed your expectations. Salem Surround can help you with digital marketing during these difficult times and beyond. Total market saturation with increased return on investment. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and to learn how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers the coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of chaos lately but something good that's come from it all is that americans are waking up to the fact that we make too many things overseas and are reliant on china and other nations for the products that we need most enough is enough authentically american is a veteran-owned patriotic made in usa apparel company they produce the highest quality apparel you can find and it's all american made While other companies are waiting for their supplies to come in from Asia, Authentically American is still going strong, putting our neighbors to work every day. They also give 10% of every purchase to charities that support our veterans and their families. Use code SALEMPITTSBURG to get 10% off your entire purchase. Don't spend one more dime on products made overseas. If every American spent an extra $3.33 on U.S.-made goods, it would create almost 10,000 new jobs in this country. Shop at AuthenticallyAmerican.us and use promo code SALEMPITTSBURG to take 10% off your entire purchase. That's promo code SALEMPITTSBURG. Where is yours made? You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Supima MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to C. CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800 716 
800-868-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Boy, are people going to be moving out of New York City if they can. Uh, there's the latest from Mayor de Blasio. Uh, he says that uh, he said today that there will be no swimming at any of the city's beaches, and he warned residents that they would be, quote, taken right out of the water if they decide to take a dip. That includes over this weekend, which, by the way, is Memorial Day. If you want to walk on the beach, fine, but no swimming, no parties, no barbecues. Anyone tries to get in the water, they'll be taken right out of the water. That would, uh, and he said uh, there will be fencing that would be in position, but said it, quote, doesn't have to be put up unless we have to take tougher measures. The fencing, again, is available, but we don't want to use it if we don't have to. The goal is to not have it implemented. Then he said, no swimming, no sports, use common sense and observe social distancing. And uh, he said uh, that the New York City Police Department would work to, quote, avoid crowding on beach boardwalks. It's not beach season like normal. It is a pandemic. That's what he said. And then, and then he said it's not safe to reopen now. It's not the right thing to do. He was really upset over the weekend when a bunch of people uh, showed up uh, outside in the warm weather. Uh, pictures of people crowding the sidewalks. And uh, he said he had more threats yesterday. The police department will be out. The sheriff's office will be out watching very carefully on the Upper East Side. Uh, he said, we're not going to tolerate people congregating. It's as simple as that. If we have to shut places down, we will. There you go. That's living in New York. I, I went to uh, Coney Island Beach. I think it was Coney Island Beach one time with a friend, friend from college. I don't know why anybody would go there for 30 seconds. We, there was like, it was like three square feet per person, and you had to look around for a place to put a tile down. Just just move from New York City. Why does anybody want to live in that rat hole of a city? I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.